0: Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are Two Market Girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog. And this is our podcast where we talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog. We talk about our favorite food content. And on today's episode, we are going to kind of have another debate about another vegan ethical problem, solution, innovation. (laughs) We're going to be talking about lab-grown meat or cell-based meat or the other terrible name that I've seen it called sometimes is clean meat.
1: Oh, yeah. I I read that too and I was like, what is that? Why? And also, does anyone think of it as clean? I was going to say, I really don't. Like, I think maybe it's their way of marketing it against what people actually think of it.
0: Oh, okay. That makes sense.
1: Like, they're like, maybe if you say it, people will start to believe it
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe if we say it ourselves we'll believe it too yeah but back to the lab
1: <laughs> we also don't even know if this is gonna be a debate because neither of us really know which side each other's on yeah or what our opinions are because we haven't really talked much about this no i think we're just gonna find out along the way yeah and i will say i did some research and i do think my opinion has changed oh on it from what i initially thought before
0: oh my goodness okay i'm so curious yeah. <laughs> okay, so I guess we should kind of start by explaining or discussing what exactly lab-grown meat is and how it comes to be. So uh, my understanding of it from reading is that, like there's kind of two processes that are being used the most and one of them is like you have to actually harvest a lot of cells out of the animal and there's another one where they take it out of a, cell like a cow the cow yes don't they take it out of a fetus sometimes i
1: i think i saw it where it's like a two process thing where it's like they take stem cells from an animal and then they take like this is very graphic sounding but i think the blood from a fetus Mm -hmm. and they basically like i think it's both of those things but i think some companies have done it from like banks where they haven't had to kill extra animals for it i think
0: yeah and that's kind of like one of the selling points that they're putting behind lab grown yeah. is that like the animal doesn't have to be slaughtered for it but before we go any further along that line i want to talk about have you did you read about just's process yes. of getting uh, the self
1: yeah i i saw it in an article i was reading
0: is it about the chicken did you hear about what they said about ian
1: no I don't rem- I do not remember Ian they ga- they gave the chicken a name
0: okay yeah this is oh, what I read no. in one of the articles that they they said we waited for the best chicken we could find and it's we just even waited mean. until one of its feathers fell off and we took that feather and that's how we made the chicken oh. and we sat there eating the chicken nuggets while Ian was just out living his life that's right they named the chicken the best chicken ever was named Ian
1: <laughs> but also like I'm gonna call BS on that.
0: I think I think you should,
1: because like that is too sweet of a story coming from corporations.
0: <laughs> and I feel okay, okay. I feel like it could be true for maybe like a one-off thing, but that's not that's not actually what they're doing anymore.
1: They 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 did that so they could tell the story, but they didn't actually need the feather.
0: <laughs> exactly. They're like, thank you, Ian. Now we're going to move on to this other process.
1: That we will not mention.
0: (laughs) That we will not be naming
1: either. The process that shall not be named. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To be honest, I don't think either of us fully really understand what lab-grown meat is and entails. Because I've also, like, I read a few articles that made it sound really, really horrific. And then some that made it sound easy-peasy. And I'm like, I don't know which one is more accurate.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Either way, it doesn't sound great so far yes yes is what i'm learning and
1: i will be honest as someone i did not do any research on this prior to planning this podcast episode so my thoughts were that it was pretty cruelty free
0: yeah yeah
1: and then i was reading and i was like oh oh
0: (laughs) not not quite not quite there
1: yeah not quite what it makes it sound like
0: yeah and so it kind of like also leads into the discussion of like who is lab-grown meat for
1: yes I read that too
0: (laughs) because I don't think it's vegans
1: no and it's not vegetarians either
0: no and it so is it environmentalists I, I who want to eat meat
1: I don't know from what I I read an article and I think I agree with what they were saying is that it's like the middle ground. It's for it's not for the people who like free range chicken and organically grown meats and all that stuff. It's not for them because they're very health focused and lab grown meat, whether it's healthy or not, just people think of it as not healthy. Um, it's not for the vegans and the vegetarians because they're already living without meat perfectly fine. It's for the people who currently consume factory farmed animals.
0: Right. So they just want an option they still want meat but they just want an option that doesn't include the factory farming so maybe they can decrease their footprint on like the environment
1: without any extra effort
0: yeah, yeah yeah with still getting that meat food that they need
1: without any extra effort and no sacrifices
0: yeah and so it also i think leads into they for them to want it it has to check the boxes of taste texture and price
1: yeah and I, I honestly would say a little bit to nutrition i think and i'm only saying this because of the reception that vegan products have gotten where they're like like a beyond meat for example when people are like what's the point of eating it if it's not healthier like i'll just eat meat then so like i think health is also maybe not as big as the three you mentioned but i think health is also a factor that people are at least gonna say is important <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned that, because that is, I've definitely experienced that too, where as soon as you might talk to a person about any kind of alternative, they're like, well, how healthy it, is it? And then right away, you're kind of like, well, do you know how healthy any of your other food
1: is right yeah. now? And also like, I'm sorry, but I will never go to a burger for health. That's not the point of eating a burger.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, we've talked about this too, like just the idea that veganism is associated with health more than it should be cuz on a previous episode we talked about how like the proper definition of veganism is all about not causing any harm to any animal. Yeah. And that as has nothing to do Yeah, and that has nothing to do with your own body in yeah. any way.
1: Yeah. What made me I was like reading through all of this and I think we've talked briefly about this before about whether we think people would actually eat it. Because, like, there's this really big push for it now. There's a lot of marketing going on about it. We keep seeing companies pop up, funding happening, all this kind of stuff. But no one actually knows if people are going to eat it. And I feel like it's, like, this is the thing that I... Like, I'm inclined to say people won't eat it because of the reception that a Beyond Meat, for example, has gotten. Where they're like, oh my god, no, we don't know what it's made out of, blah, blah, this stuff. But then I'm also thinking in my head, I was like, but if it's actually meat, I feel like they won't hold it to as high of a standard as like a non-meat product masquerading as meat. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Part of me thinks that does it matter kind of who is promoting or bringing the meat to the market like if it was coming from a meat producer already they might be less critical whereas
1: most of them are
0: yeah whereas if it comes from like just yeah that company which is not a meat company they might be more critical of it because they don't trust these companies as much
1: yeah for whatever reason i don't trust any company so sketchy But yeah, that's the thing. Like, I really want to talk to somebody who has this opinion about Beyond that's like, oh, it's grown in a lab or it's like made in a lab with scientists, even though it's not. And all food is technically anyways. Like, your Pringles are bioengineered to make you crave more and more everyone you eat. So like, like the people that go that route where they're like, no, I'll never eat Beyond Meat because it was made by a scientist, whether that's true or not. I'm curious what they think of lab-grown meat.
0: I don't know. I feel like they would not be okay with that if they're already focused on things being quote-unquote natural, right? Yeah.
1: Like, I also feel like part of that is because it's a vegan movement-driven product. Yeah. And i don't know if they'll have as big of an issue with because no one has an issue with bacon and we all know bacon is highly processed but no one has an issue with it a quote it's quote unquote somehow more natural than vegan bacon when it's not
0: (laughs) yeah but will they like even if it doesn't come from the vegan movement at all will they still be motivated or inclined to make the change because like if they're not already motivated to make different choices for the environment or like for other ethical reasons why are they going to care about this lab-grown meat like that I could not see that appealing to that person at all so I guess that just means that they're not the target even though like we still need a solution for to get people away from their meat addiction you know
1: right and like this is this is the part that was like as I was reading I was like I'm trying to figure out because like I think Lab-grown meat has been proposed as the solution to the very terrible effects of animal agriculture on the environment, mostly. That's what most lab-grown meat companies are saying, is that animal agriculture is destroying the environment. This is how we can remedy that. You can still eat your meat, but it's at a way, way lower carbon emission and carbon footprint than animal agriculture would be, which... I was reading articles isn't actually fully proven yet so like these are companies are just saying that it will be once they start producing to scale like at scale so we don't actually know if that's true
0: exactly like they're saying price and the amount of carbon emissions or the stress on the environment it's it's still really high just because they're not they're not able to produce it at a high scale so right now it's technically not that much better than what we're doing it's still going to be a little bit better but not good enough that it's going to be the selling point once you actually know that information
1: yeah one of the things that i also thought about is if this is like our solution to climate change or one of our solutions to climate change What happens if it fails?
0: We have no backups.
1: (laughs) Like, everyone's just assuming this is going to happen. Everyone's just assuming this is going to be a thing. What happens if it launches and everyone's like, this tastes nothing like chicken. It actually tastes pretty horrible. It's really expensive. I don't want to buy it. Also, what? no one's saying what happens if it fails. Like, we're banking on this in a way because so many people aren't willing to reduce their meat intake for whatever reason. (laughs) Like... What happens if this fails?
0: Uh, our planet fails? I, I don't know. No, We just got to rely on only veganism and then we just won't get as many people making those other choices. Yeah.
1: And this is what... It, so I was reading this article that was written by a vegetarian talking about... It was a Wired article. So the title was, I'm a vegetarian. Will I eat lab-grown meat? And at one point it said while we will no longer be raising and killing animals in terrible conditions for food a good thing to be sure we will still be a a sort of people who would do this if lab-grown meat weren't an option so we're not really like and i read that and i was like damn that's like really like that's actually really a strong point is that we're not changing anybody's mind to reducing meat intake we're just changing the meat they're eating so if this fails We have no backup solution because people still just want to eat meat. We're not working on actual longstanding solutions to... Because the ultimate issue here is that we just eat too much meat. It's not that we're eating the wrong meat. We're just eating too much meat. It's a very... I I read that. I was like, damn, yeah, maybe I'm not on the side of lab-grown meat anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Because it just goes right back to the addiction to meat and associating... Having to associate... All of these foods with meat. Like it's the same way we're kind of seeing in veganism where all these products have to resemble meat. Yeah. Right? Whereas people who were vegan or vegetarian years ago, long before all of like beyond came to be, they were vegan and vegetarian with just like beans or tofu or like simpler and
1: garden burgers at the most. <laughs>
0: even, yeah, even before then. But it was because they probably came from places where there wasn't that idea or that status around meat right so they didn't feel like they needed their protein to look like meat but now we have people who maybe want to eat less meat but they need their food to still look like meat and so it's still linking back to the same problem of just meat being this all-encompassing thing that we need to to have in our lives in some form, even if it's not coming from an animal.
1: Yeah. So like when you actually think about it, lab-grown meat feels more of a Band-Aid solution rather than actually a solution when we really need to be discussing and being more educated on nutrition as a whole and the fact that meat isn't your only source of protein. And we need to be talking about like actually how much protein and how much meat does the human body actually need? How many times a week should you be eating this? How many, like, we just, like, I think so many of us just assume we know the right answers. And obviously things change all the time. Like, we, as a human race, we still don't know everything, obviously. But, like, I just, I feel like there's just so much hesitancy to change any little bit, anything, that, like, I don't know how you get through to people. Like, I really don't know how.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And it really just shines or highlights the fact that it's not a sustainable solution, not from an environmental standpoint, but from like a mental standpoint, it's not a sustainable fix because you're always going to relapse to regular (laughs)
1: meat or something like that. Right. And because like in my head, too, I was thinking I was like, so if somebody's buying lab grown chicken, let's say. They go to the grocery store. The lab-grown chicken's all sold out. They're not going to the vegan option. They're going to the farm-grown, the murdered chicken, for lack of a better word. So, like, I really like. I think the better solution is trying to figure out a ways to educate people on meat, the farming industry, all that kind of stuff, but also just trying to get people to eat less of it rather than eat a different kind of meat.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, honestly, like you said earlier, before doing this research and before having these discussions about lab-grown meat, every time I saw a a headline or like some little article about, oh, they're making this kind of lab-grown meat or this kind of lab-grown meat is in the works. It's going to be coming so soon. I was like, oh, that sounds great. That's exciting. I think that that's a good thing. And now the more we talk about it and the more we think about it, the more it's like, I don't know who this is going to work for and how this is going to last or if this is even better. Like, it just feels like there's, like we've kind of pointed out so far, so many loopholes and so many places where it could go wrong and it's not going to really sell. But were they, like, did they used to feel that way about other non-animal products? Like, beyond? Like, beyond still had hesitancy, but this feels like a different problem because it's not really for vegans
1: yeah I had the same thoughts it's like whenever I saw an article before I was like oh my god yes this is amazing but and I guess ultimately when you still think of it I would rather the world eat I guess lab-grown meat than factory farmed meat but like I don't think we should stop there I think this is like a step but we need to continue to the point where even lab-grown meat you shouldn't be having every single meal of every single day (laughs) so I think there's like so much more to go on and we've just like as a society it kind of feels like we're just like oh lab-grown meat this is it this is this is the solution that we don't need to do anything beyond this
0: yeah it's like we need meat this will still technically be animal meat but without the animal being hurt so this is the meat we need this is the meat we must make right now
1: another thing i thought of when i was reading this because so many of these lab-grown meat companies are funded by like silicon valley or like big big corporations essentially and i'm like i'm sorry but i think big corporations is how we got into this mess to begin with like we didn't have this meat heavy addiction problem when it was family farms we were buying from however many years ago it's when capitalism came into play and marketing came into play when we started marketing bacon as a breakfast food and all these different things why do we trust corporations to do stuff that's right for the planet and not just for their pockets
0: oh my goodness this is starting to mirror so much the things that came up when i was discussing this with my family too (laughs) like because i was asking them would you guys eat lab grown meat how do you feel about that And it eventually just led back to the fact, like, well, what if we just like back in the old days and people were just eating cows on farms like that was all okay. And we're like, yeah, but that can't keep up with how obsessed everyone is with meat. And it's like, oh, yeah, because of like capitalism and consumerism and we're all just like addicted to it all. And like all the things you just said, we literally said to each other. And it just ended up being like, wow, we're just all obsessed with all these things that are hurting our planet and ourselves
1: yeah and I mean it's like it's years and years of marketing in the industry telling you so but like you'd never see a commercial for vegetables and you're like oh damn those vegetables look good but you see a commercial (laughs) for a burger and you're like oh damn I want a burger right now so like I like why is meat sexy oh
0: my gosh you know what Okay, you're right. We need to make vegetables sexy. We need Let's make to make some sexy, sexy veggie commercials. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm here for it.
1: But yeah, I was just like, I was reading all this, and I was like, I don't understand why we're we all trust capitalism to do what's right for the planet when they have never ever shown us that they will do what's right for the planet and for people's health and for. Mm-hmm enter any ethical reason here like it's only ever been about the money that's the definition of capitalism so why do we expect capitalism to get lab-grown meat right
0: uh i guess we we shouldn't and we (laughs) no longer will
1: yes we no longer will that's the lesson from today
0: (laughs) i'm trying to think now if there are other positives that could come out of just kind of Even this technology growing and existing, like other ways that we can use it, and just even the fact, like, can it help get resources or food and stuff to countries that can't like produce it themselves? Or like, there, there's got to be better solutions. Because that's not to say like this technology isn't good and couldn't be helpful. I think maybe just not this way. Although if they can't make it more sustainable, then what do we want with it, anyways?
1: That's the thing, like they're still talking about we still need to make it more sustainable than farming, which currently it isn't at the scale they're doing it. And we still need to make the product cheaper than farmed meat, which it currently isn't. So there's still such a long way to go that I feel like we shouldn't be waiting for it. We should still be trying to make other changes in the meantime.
0: Yeah, and when you put it all into perspective, like I think I read that the first lab-grown like cell-based quote-unquote meat product was made in like 2012 or 2013 so like we're less than 10 years into this technology so I feel like we are kind of jumping the gun and being like oh yeah it's here baby we're doing it going all in it's coming to you and it's like well (laughs) no not quite
1: yeah I will say also as someone who has watched have you ever seen the movie The Island
0: Oh, you've told me... Okay, yeah, yeah, you've told me about this one. We've talked about Lab grown Me before.
1: Yes, as someone who's seen that film and just general sci-fi in general... I don't know how much I trust lab grown meat anymore because like the whole premise of the island, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, is that it's like a sack of human organs that rich people buy and so if they need like a transplant or if they need something to carry their baby and grow a baby in, and they don't want to be pregnant themselves they can just get this sack of human cells to do it but it turns out the sack of human cells is actually just a human clone but they don't know that they don't see it and they're actually just murdering the human clone to them whenever they need an organ or whatever it is so like you watch a film and obviously that's a film and that's a movie but you watch that and how do you not get paranoid of lab-grown meat
0: yeah or just the idea like maybe we're bringing too much technology into our onto our dinner plates yeah which you could say about a lot of vegan food now and a lot of processed food now
1: 100% yeah I think ultimately I think even if you're Eating, like, beyond meat. Like, again, I have no problem if you eat beyond meat and all that stuff. I eat it all the time. But, like, obviously, less of engineered food is always better if you can. And, again, that's only if it doesn't come to a detriment to your mental health and your physical health. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I I think of that as I was reading these articles. I just thought of the island. And I was like, they, like, painted this very beautiful like scene of it's just a sack of cells it feels no pain it has none of this there's no killing involved but in actuality like we we know corporations are willing to do shady shit and are willing to lie about their product so i really just don't know why we're hanging like why we're putting everything on capitalism i really don't <laughs> uh, i just don't get just it a habit i don't know yeah, like I feel like we just, we live in, the, like even, like we live in this world where like everyone knows that capitalism is bad, but then we get tricked into thinking some capitalism isn't bad, <laughs> but in actuality, capitalism is just bad. Like it is, it's just bad. <laughs> there's no, like there's no benefit to capitalism.
0: Exactly. Whether your capitalism is lab grown or not, it's bad. <laughs>
1: yeah, Exactly. <laughs> so it's it was actually a really interesting thing to research, because, like you said, I was so positive about this, and then I started reading more, and I was like, "What the fuck,
0: <laughs> yeah, and now I feel like it's kind of also making me at least like i I don't like I love vegan chicken because we just had some very good vegan yeah, chicken last great. night, except, okay, is Satan less of like a techie food?"
1: Yeah, no, beyond? I think, I would think, yeah, seitan is much less techy than beyond is. Because seitan is just gluten with water, essentially. And that's been made for years and years and years.
0: Okay, exactly. Because, like, that's what the chicken that we had last night, that's how it's made. And that was some of the best chicken I've ever had since going vegan. So, yeah, I feel like we just need to maybe try to lean more into these food methods that aren't as techy, even though i also love just egg dang it
1: well this is the thing i think we just need to have a better balance i think i think like if you look at like an average american or canadian's plate at breakfast you probably have factory farmed eggs you probably ha- you have highly processed bacon that's also probably factory farmed You have potatoes that are probably factory farmed. Like our whole plate is basically technology now, even as a vegan for the most part, if you can't afford to shop local. So I think people kind of forget that our whole plate at this, like we are more on the side of tech than we are on the side of just like nature because the pesticides that are used to keep bugs away from your, the vegetables, is a product of science so I think it's about the balance I don't think science is bad obviously I think science has given us a lot of amazing things especially in the food world but like I think it's just about that balance and really understanding what is what is like good science and what maybe crosses a line a little bit
0: mm, you're right this is getting into like the plot of a sci-fi movie where the real villain is science
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I will never paint science as a villain. I I always think science, I think, is a good thing. I think when it becomes a bad thing is when it's weaponized by capitalism.
0: My gosh, with great science comes great responsibility.
1: Yes, I don't think, I think all science is good science. Science has brought us cures to illnesses the vaccine that we're all just getting right now I think science is an amazing thing but I think in the wrong hand science can be a very dangerous thing <laughs> it's a very money-centric thing
0: yeah yeah so do you think that the lab-grown meats are fueled more by money than they are by environmental choices or saving animals yes because of the scale that they're going to like I want to believe that those first few people who tested the technology and discovered that this technology was possible, I want to believe that their motivations were more pure, but I think now it's escalated, right? It's gotten into those hands where they're like, oh, cha-ching, cha-ching.
1: Yeah, I don't, yeah, that's the thing. I don't think the science was developed as a, oh my God, this is going to make us millions of dollars one day. But I think we've gotten to the point where it is, like, there is hundreds of millions of dollars being pushed into this and not because... And I don't think someone's going to be like, oh, let me put $100 million funding into this thing because I care about the planet. They're probably saying, maybe it's a part of it. Maybe this makes me look great and, you know, I would like the planet to stay around. But ultimately, this is going to make me money. I I think we've gotten to that point where it's just it is so invested in and like as soon as you see that it's silicon valley you just automatically assume it's for profit no offense to silicon valley but like facebook instagram tiktok everybody but um i think i think now that it's because it's gotten to the scale that it has i just i don't I, i don't know i don't believe that it's for the good of humankind or the planet i just i don't think that is the main motivator i think as soon as it becomes un, i think how you determine whether something is being done because it's for the good of the planet depends on if somebody would still do it if they're losing money or if they're losing something i think i think when it comes down to it if this was if this comes like, if we get to a point where all of a sudden it's proven, yes, it's better for the environment. Yes, it's this, yes, and this. But the people can't make a profit doing it. I don't think there's people going to do it.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good way to way to put it. But then where do we go from here? Like, I'm I like what you mentioned before, that it's kind of about finding better balance on our plates. So, like, how do we... How do we move forward with that? Because I feel like before we both mentioned, like we were kind of banking on lab grown meat being this thing that could take us to the next level of reducing the environmental harm through our food choices. Like we really, really need that to become a stronger movement because our planet is seriously suffering so much. And so now that we're kind of like, well, we're not really convinced that lab grown meat is gonna be that solution. So we need to look to other solutions Balance on our plates, or whatever it is. Like, where do we go from here? What do we do?
1: I really don't think we can actually find a viable solution that works for almost everybody until people are actually educated on food, on nutrition, on what exactly. A GMO is because people automatically assume GMOs are these terrible things that are trying to destroy you, which is not true, at least from what I've read about them. (laughs) So I think we just we just need more transparency and more education. And obviously, like, like you talk to a 70 year old person it's really hard to re- It's hard to retrain a 25-year-old's brain who grew up a certain way, let alone somebody who's 75. So I think it really comes down to just making sure people are actually properly educated. And I think that's even a bigger feat than lab-grown meat with all the disinformation that's going on out there and Facebook doing nothing about it. So <laughs> I, I don't necessarily have like, this is what we need to do, but I think it starts with education. I don't think it starts with a product. I think it starts with just learning about what science is and that science isn't all bad and learning about wh- what your body actually needs to function and getting out of diet culture and all this other weird stuff that's in the food industry and has clouded all of our brains and marketing. And I don't, unfortunately, I don't see it happening soon. I don't know. I, it doesn't paint a very promising future What do you think about it. <laughs>
0: But I do think that that's a really good point and a good way of looking at it. And I think too, if you look back to the past, lack of understanding or education surrounding food has been a weakness or a problem for a long time because that's that's also how a lot of these processed foods like you talked about or a lot of these marketing campaigns, that's how they took such a strong hold on everyone and convinced everyone that you should cook this or that, you know, have this cereal or have this as part of your breakfast it comes from that same place of not really having that understanding of our food and of our bodies and I know too once you start trying to do that it gets so overwhelming and so hard to figure out because once you start trying to read about it there's going to be so many different people who have so many different perspectives on it and so there's so many different studies and for every study you find that proves this thing you'll find one that disproves it with everything that you look at so it's also like how does anyone know where to look or what to look for or how to understand their food and their body
1: yeah I I honestly think like a next simple step is just being open to have conversations about food choices and about nutrition and about our food systems and all that kind of stuff and not being like I find vegans and non-vegans are both very defensive people about their food choices and I think you just need to get rid of that like like just need to like talk to people and discuss with people and find some middle ground and like discuss and figure out solutions with people instead of being like no this is the only way you have to do this
0: (laughs) and that is really hard to do like I even find myself lately when I talk about food choices or I talk about veganism or anything I'm a lot more passionate let's say about being like our planet is dying why are you eating that and so like I don't think I was preachy about veganism very much before and I still don't think I am but I know now I just I'm so scared for our planet that I can't stop being like why are you making these choices our planet's dying what if I want to have kids you're killing
1: our planet (laughs) yeah no it's it's super I find it too I like I I also don't think of myself as this preachy vegan, but every once in a while, I'll like have a discussion with somebody and I don't necessarily say it, but in my mind, I'm like, oh, I need to stop talking because I'm going to get too passionate, we'll say.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: so like, I I completely understand. It's such a hard thing to do to like kind of let all of your, not all of your passion, but kind of let the passion that gets the best of you sometimes aside for a second to just like try and have a conversation. And it's equally as hard when the other person is also probably just as passionate about their side. Cause like whether it's somebody who grew up farming or something like this, like you can understand, like everyone has passion for the most part, about the way they eat for one reason or another. So, you can understand why people get frustrated with the other side, for lack of a better word. But, like, yeah, I, I've noticed myself getting a little more passionate because you, like, how do you not when you see the ocean on fire?
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so many times, too, I'm like, like, most times it'll be I'm talking to my family. And I'll also always try to remind myself and remind them, like, and you, I know you guys aren't really part of the problem because, like, since I live here and we eat a lot of our meals together, we eat a lot less animal products than we did before. So, like, you guys are actually more what we need to see. But I just get, like, so passionate and so worried about it that I, maybe I just take it out on you guys, even though, like, I recognize, too, that you are still, like, reducing your animal intake a lot. And that matters a lot. So... I think you're right. It just comes back to having these conversations, but trying to have them in constructive ways.
1: Yeah, I I 100% agree. Sometimes I get so frustrated at Hutch. Like, I every once in a while, I'll just be like, I still just, I don't understand how you can eat meat. I just don't. <laughs> like, it'll just come out sometimes. And I'm like, but also, like, I understand that he actually doesn't eat a lot of non-vegan things because the house is pretty much entirely vegan, aside from a couple things that he doesn't even eat every day. It's like special occasion things. He basically only eats meat when we're out somewhere. So like, and that's also changed a lot. We order from a lot of vegan places. So like, I also know he's not part of the problem necessarily, but like, it's so hard when they're, you're surrounded by those people every day and you see even the little choices that you're like, oh, but why you could just do this instead? It's so easy to get frustrated, even though, you know, but I also think one of the things that, I think we need more of is people like your family and hutch and stuff also speaking and advocating for eating less meat to other people like you don't just need to be vegan to advocate to eat less meat and i think the more people that we have who eat like chicken twice a week and that's it talking about how you can do this i think the easier it is for people to visualize themselves doing it
0: right honestly that's also what i said to them after i finished saying like i know You guys aren't part of the problem. I know you guys are actually doing a lot of things that help the environment, but can you tell your friends? Can you tell your (laughs) friends about this? And I think too, like people on the outside who know that I'm vegan and that you know our meals look a little different than theirs, they still look at it as like this really complicated, difficult thing where you sacrifice flavors or the food isn't as good and stuff like that. And it's just because when you're, far away from it you don't really see what it is like but I think now that my family like been vegan for it feels like so long it just feels like second nature right so it's that those other people who haven't been close to it don't understand it and my family does but it's helping the others kind of see how it can be
1: yeah I think one of the best things a person who eats meat but doesn't eat it a lot and cares about the environment and all that kind of stuff and wants to minimize meat intake I honestly think the best thing they could do is like have discussions with their friends their family all that kind of stuff but also like host a dinner party that's all vegan or vegetarian like just be chill about it don't don't make it a big deal don't make it all this but like host it instead of like I find people even people who don't eat meat a lot if you're hosting somebody you're always making meat Why, why, why? Just one Christmas, try it vegetarian. One, like, just every once in a while, just be like, you know, let's shake things up a bit. Let's expose some of the people who wouldn't normally be exposed to non-meat cooking. And let's make a vegetarian meal or a vegan meal or whatever it is. Or let's not make the main focus the meat. Like, we'll still have meat, but let's do a nice, like, lentil loaf. Not that I like lentil loaf, but... (laughs) insert better plant-based option here but let's make this as the main focus of the meal and the meat's just a side dish like i think we need to start having more meals and more conversations that are not centered around meat all the time
0: oh my gosh there like that's actually another good takeaway take meat out of the spotlight in your life a little bit and then just that even that is a good step in kind of cutting down that meat addiction is just like stop thinking that it's going to be the best thing on the table
1: yeah like don't serve an entire whole turkey at christmas so that people can load half their plate with meat make it like so that you take a little piece and that's it and then the rest of your plate is filled with really delicious plant-based options so i think yeah i think it's taking that spotlight taking that like the pedestal away from meat and like it sounds ridiculous but like taking the power away from meat over your dinner and your satisfaction with a meal. Wow. <laughs> I feel like we're in an AA meeting.
0: <laughs> we, yeah, we were, we we're talking through our addictions.
1: <laughs> MA, Meataholics Anonymous.
0: Everyone's invited.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. To be honest, though, I even think me and you probably still have, like, work to do. Because, like, we still talk about how much we miss chicken. We still talk about how, like, we love the really meaty plant-based products that are coming out. I mean, we also love tofu and all the other things. But, like, I still, like, it's obviously, I think there's still a lot of vegans who even have somewhat of a, quote-unquote, meat addiction, even if you don't eat meat.
0: Yeah. Uh, This actually... I learned a lot more from this than I thought I was going to about lab-grown meat, about our relationship with meat in general, about veganism and making food choices that help the environment or just help us all in different ways. Like, this was actually a well-rounded discussion about food choices and science and our future.
1: Look at us go. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, this was actually really interesting and fun discussion and I think even so like I had written notes about things that I'd researched but I even think like just talking about it made me realize other things as I was talking about it yeah no I think it was a very very good discussion and I think more people need to be having these discussions or just share this discussion with people
0: <laughs> yeah and like, even as we're having it and we're just talking about like oh beyond meet this and vegan meet that and all these choices like we also recognize too that like you said we're not perfect in our choices and in how we perceive our foods uh but i think like you said having these conversations is helpful we're all trying to do the best we can to just reduce the harm on the environment and on animals if you can too and at the end of the day do the best you can that's all Mm -hmm. we can ask
1: yeah and just keep working at it i feel like like we're at a point where we're both vegan we both consider ourselves vegan but like we recognize that we still have some uh things to change and things to improve on even in our relationship with food and whatever so I think just never being complacent which like sounds kind of negative but I think is really helpful to human growth
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and you know what it's also it's tough because like a couple episodes from now we'll probably just be like listing off all of our favorite foods that are <laughs> vegan or accidentally vegan and maybe yeah. even perfect we'll be talking about oreos ways. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so you know it's a journey it's take it day process. by day take it yeah. meal
1: by meal exactly just try what one meal at a time and that's it one ingredient at a time yeah and some days are easier than others
0: you know what you gotta have yes. some oreos and doritos sometimes yes that's my life motto
1: (laughs) and beyond meat and vegan cheese and vegan mayo (laughs) exactly but yeah no this was actually a very fun discussion i want to know what other people think if you have opinions on lab-grown meat or what a possible solution is for this world in our meat addiction and of course this is also it's different depending on where you live in the world i think there's a much stronger meat addiction in north america than i would say like asia or africa or anything like that so i think i i'm i don't know who listens to this podcast and where you're from but i would love some other perspectives from other places that isn't canada or the u.s if you got it
0: Definitely. You can DM us on social. We are at 2 market Girls on all the socials. Or you can email us at 2MarketGirls at gmail.com. And while you're there, make sure you also check out our recipes, 2MarketGirls.com or on the YouTubes, 2 market Girls, cooking up some foods.
1: And if you have anything else you want to hear us talk and discuss and debate, let us know because these are actually really fun to do when we just take a topic, research it, and just talk about it.
0: Yeah, we learn a lot together.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you have an idea for another podcast, let us know.
0: All right. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes.
1: Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> I
0: don't know why we always have to end it like that. Like we get so serious <laughs> and they're like, oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs>